it's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted, independent, American Standard Air dealer. Owner Chris Wedekin sells the ductless Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, which is a great option to heat and cool individual spaces while blending into the decor. If you want your poker room to be dressed up, you could take a vinyl wrap and put on these. If you like the more modern look, they have styles in black, silver, and pearl white that would be more aesthetically pleasing for your rooms. Find out more at absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted, independent, American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Good morning. It is Monday, October 24th, and trending this hour, climate change activists have thrown mashed potatoes on a Claude Monet painting in Germany. They have graduated from tomato soup up to mashed potatoes. Also trending, Powerball. The jackpot grows to $610 million after no one matched all the numbers on Saturday. And finally trending, a quad axle on Saturday night. American Ilya Malinin became the first figure skater to land a quad axle at a Grand Prix event, which is a high level of skating competition. Malinin is just 17 years old and landed the first ever quad axle in skating history. Okay, so there was a time in this country, and I get that this is trending, but there was a time where Americans were somewhat captivated by the skating... Mm-hmm. Skating, the sport of skating, would that be what I would say? Yeah. The way I'd word it. Yeah. I, it, the probably peak skating in this country was Nancy Kerrigan, yeah. Tanya Harding, mm-hmm. 1992, right? Yeah. Like they, I would guess the Americans were never more into figure skating than 1992, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Yeah. Was it 92? Is that right? Is that what it was? Maybe it was 94. I think it was 94. Yeah, I think it was 94. Anyway, whatever the, whatever those two, Galuli and all those people. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear much about it anymore. Well, Michelle Kwan had her moment. Oksana Bayul. That was probably the same era. Uh, when I was young, I actually had the Dorothy Hamill haircut. Yeah. It's very hard to get people sustained interest in something you don't understand. Like... I would watch that and I would know, did that person fall over? (laughs) You would know if they didn't stick the landing. It's very similar to, because I know what's going on right now, these band competitions. Indiana is having their band, whatever, the national band competition. There was some sort of- The marching bands, the high school marching bands? Yeah. There was something with that over the weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert by any means. I live right by Brownsburg High School, so when I go on my walks each day, I walk past the football field. And since it was fall break for the school, the band was on the field getting ready for this competition. Mm -hmm. I have no idea whether they're doing it good or bad. My wife, when she was in high school, was in the color guard. Mm -hmm. So she knows all of this and is very into it. And she was talking about how the flags are supposed to be held and not supposed to be a sale. And I don't know. I, I had no idea. But it is so. The point is, it's hard to hold someone's interest. Like football is pretty easy to understand, right? Throw ball, catch ball, move ball, get in end zone, score touchdown, win more points. Four tries. It's yeah. easy to understand. Baseball, throw ball, try to throw ball past batter. You know, basketball, get ball in hoop. Mm-hmm. Very easy. <laughs> I know. I, 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 there's times I see the figure skating, and it's like that was an incredible quadruple symbol double axle McGeezer. It's a triple Indy. Uh, yes, it's it's Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. Mm-hmm. You, I think that, I think it's hard for the average person to understand it because you 
you know some things are outstanding, but the actual scoring mechanism of it, it all well, generally looks the it's same. It's because it's subjective, right? Sometimes they're scored on artistic right. and sometimes it's athletic. Right. And so this 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 guy, this American skater, he landed a quad axle, which means four spins, which goes really fast, but unless you know it's a quad, you'd probably be looking at it thinking, wow, that was a lot. Was Three or four, like how, how do you tell? Sure, and when they're out there doing the routine where they're dancing to this music, where they're not doing the actual flips or axles or twirls or whatever, <laughs> you'll hear the, the I don't know, in football it would be the color analyst. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's what they are in the skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little sloppy on his form there, Fred. His hands are really out of <laughs> whack. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy landed it. He didn't fall, so that's a success. Oh, great. Right? Good for him. Yeah. 10 minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Let's talk about Liz Cheney. If Donald <laughs> Trump becomes the nominee of the Republican Party in the 24 election, quote, the party will shatter. That's what she said on Sunday on Meet the Press. You know, it's really interesting, and we've talked about this throughout the course of the show today, and we'll talk about it a lot as we head up to Election Day, because it appears the Republicans, as we told you they would, are about to not just win the House, but also win the Senate and win some governor's races that could be just a, a landslide of epic proportions if they take Oregon, New York, etc. And the reason they're going to do this is because not because of anything the Republicans have done. There's nothing you look at the Republican Party as a collective right now and go, wow, if we just vote for them, we'll get whatever. Mm -hmm. If you stop the average person on the street and say, what is the Republican Party plan? What is the Republican Party platform of the election of 2022? They can't tell you because they really don't have one. They have some vague mumblings by Kevin McCarthy Mm -hmm. and Rick Scott, and that's about it. People are going to go vote for the most part, save for, say, maybe Herschel Walker in Georgia, against Democrats and against Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And the reason this is happening is not just because of the Democrat policies, but because of the way that they have handled themselves. And I lump Liz Cheney into this because she is example A of how ridiculous and pathetic these people are. So, you know, she loses her election, Mm -hmm. you know, her campaign, her primary, overwhelmingly. It's not, it's not even close, right? She gets boat raced out of the building. I think it was essentially two to one, two votes for the candidate for every one of her. So clearly your vision of Donald Trump's evil and January 6th is the most important thing. And anybody who supports Trump is a semi-fascist democracy hater, whatever, has been resoundingly rejected by your constituents. The American public at large is about to resoundingly reject that. And she gets asked about uh, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And, and I tweeted this out yesterday. A lot of people in this country, now I've been doing it from day one, but a lot of people now are at the point where they're saying, hey... We keep throwing money at this and there's no, there's never any, there's no fireside chat from the president. We spent 50 billion and in exchange for it, we got A, B, and C, and this is the commitment we need to make and this is when it ends. Mm-hmm. We just keep throwing money at the problem and there's no tangible result like we're about to, the Ukraine's about to win this war and Putin will be dis- deposed in a, dis- 
is it deposed? Deposed. Deposed, yes. In a in a week or you know and this will benefit you however we just keep throwing printed money at this problem mm-hmm. 54 billion dollars which drives our inflation mm-hmm. and it's handed to the ukraine with no accountability and so liz cheney look i get that she comes from a family and then she is right there at the top of the food chain who are totally all about getting the u.s in as many international conflicts as humanly possible if we got to lose 10,000 lives in the process. Well, that's just the cost of doing business. But here, we're really cutting you a bargain because we're just stealing your money and, and, and giving it to someone. We're not even killing people, our own soldiers in the process. So her response to people who have viable concerns about, look, every dollar we're sending them is printed, which is driving our inflation. What are we getting for our money? Her response is to say that these people are pro-Putin. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a speaker, Kevin McCarthy. You clearly think this is a, a mistake, uh, that he will, uh, you, you are concerned about his speakership. What specifically concerns you? Well, look, the speaker is second in line to the presidency. And at every moment uh, since, frankly, the aftermath of the election in 2020, uh, when uh, Minority Leader McCarthy has had the opportunity to do the right thing or do something that serves his own political purpose, he always chooses to serve his own political purpose. And, you know, that extends to what we've seen just in the last few days with these comments about uh, aid to Ukraine, the idea that somehow the party is now no longer going to support the Ukrainian people, which, you know, for somebody who has a picture of Ronald Reagan on the, the wall of his office in the Capitol, uh, the notion that now Kevin McCarthy is going to make himself the leader of the pro-Putin wing of my party is just a stunning thing. Uh, it's dangerous. He knows better. But the fact that he's willing to go down the path of suggesting that America will no longer stand for freedom, mm-hmm. I think, tells you he's willing to sacrifice everything for his own political gain. This is really important, Casey, because this happens all the time in our society. And the place you see it most prevalently is the public education system. Like I think about in my little town of Brownsburg, when we defeated that referendum several years ago, where they tried to raise taxes by a hundred million dollars and they were told we were told in public meetings the children could be at risk if you don't mm-hmm. vote this up, mm-hmm. including if we don't widen the hallways, an mm-hmm. active shooter could get them. And we said, no, 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 we're going to call your bluff and bet nothing happens. We beat the referendum and they did all the construction that they were going to do anyway without any tax increases. But what they always say is if you don't support whatever government mm-hmm. garbage we throw at you, and by the way, if you're in Westfield or any other place that has a school referendum, you absolutely have an obligation to vote that thing down because that's theft. You have an absolute right to uh, constitute constitutional right to property tax caps in this state. She's doing the same thing here, where if you dare question and say, wait a second, I'm all on board with helping our friends and and people that are helping us. Ukraine is not that and doesn't exactly have a track record of that. And I want to know where my money's going. And if I'm not getting value for my money, I'm not prepared to print any more money, which is hurting my people. Well, it's you're pro-Putin. Right. It's the same thing if you vote right. against a referendum, you hate kids. It happens all the time in government. Well, and that's the thing. She's a total pariah. And she's saying now that if you're questioning where the money's going and what is the end game in regards to Ukraine and Russia, you are pro-Putin. No, you're not allowed to ask a question. You are. You're allowed to ask but where $54 billion and when is it going to end? But you're not. And I see this all the time on these little towny chatterboards because obviously the lunatic left 
uh, school board members and their supporters in these communities are feeling the heat in places like Brownsburg and Avon and Carmel and Fishers, you know, et cetera, because they're starting to say, now, and I love this. This is always my favorite. If you don't have kids in school, you don't have a say. Well, but you're taking, you know, you're taking my property tax money mm-hmm. or you're taking the senior citizens property tax money. Doesn't matter. If you don't have kids in school, you don't have a say in it. Okay, so can we opt out of paying our school portion of the property tax? Right. No, but if you don't have kids no. in school, you don't have... This is what the left does. It happens through all levels of government. Liz Cheney is a disgusting, terrible person, and she's doing the exact same thing. All right, well, we've got more from her coming up on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 11:21 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's talk a little bit more about Liz Cheney. She signaled a possible presidential run in 24, although she has dodged questions about the possibility of running herself. She's, you know, one day she's going to do it, one day she won't answer. She is saying that election deniers have should not be voted on in this upcoming midterm. Don't vote for them. That's what she's saying. And uh, Biden says that he admires the hell out of her because of her willingness to stand up to her fellow members of the Republican Party. Somebody in the chat room on YouTube brought up a very good point. We were talking about Liz Cheney and Ukraine earlier, and uh, Victoria Sparks is from Ukraine, you know? And even she is asking questions about where the money's going. Well, you should. Every person should, and that is what the left does. And Liz Cheney, I don't know what her core conviction is. I think a huge part of what she's done is the fact that Trump openly exposed how horrific I mean not that but everybody pretty much knew what the Cheneys were by by the time Trump had run for public office but Trump was a continual reminder of what a terrible job her dad did during his time in public office and the absolute calamity that he, along with George W. Bush, brought on this country, needlessly getting thousands of soldiers killed, running up you know, trillions of dollars in deficits. I mean, that family is a disaster. And the fact that she's about out is something we can all look forward to. But here's the thing. You know, she she rips on these people, these election deniers, mm-hmm. these whatevers. She claims to be, no, I'm still a Republican. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a still conservative. Okay. Well, if you're not an election denier and you claim to be a Republican and conservative, then you were beaten mm-hmm. fair and square right. in your primary. Two sets of ideas were put out there. You had all these inherent, inherent advantages of your father's fundraising network, the Bush family fundraising network. The Democrats were working for you. You were a sitting congressman. You were on national TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And the American people resoundingly rejected you because, as I've been saying for months, the Democrats and Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger made an egregious mistake Two things. One, the fact that you went to the ends of the earth to investigate January 6th and you haven't lifted a finger to figure out what happened in riots in Portland, in Seattle, in New York, in Chicago, in Indianapolis, and filling your favorite metropolitan city across the country shows you're not serious about violence. You're serious about trying to get Donald Trump and his supporters. So they reject you on that. That's her core conviction. Yes. Narcissism is her core (laughs) conviction. And the other thing is that the Democrats and Liz Cheney and Adam Kensinger were so focused on this, the American people are saying, wait a second, while there may be some merit to what you're looking into, and look, any person who did something on January 6th illegal should be fully prosecuted, and they are and have been, it's very clear Donald Trump was not at the front of the line with a bayonet yelling charge, and the Viking guy is a nut, 
and those people should be dealt with. But when you're not focused on food and gas and the border, mm-hmm. you're, when you're focused on everything but the thing that affects us, January 6th does not affect the average person in any shape, form, or fashion. Democracy was not under siege. That's ridiculous. A bunch of people behaved irresponsibly, and they should be prosecuted, and they should be dealt with. There was not a, an attempted coup. There was not a government conspiracy. Th- that did not happen. And so... Instead of recognizing that going, wow, I really misjudged my constituents. I really misjudged the mood of the American people. Listen, I lost. Listen to this. She's, she continues to dog mm-hmm. on the person that beat her. On the Wyoming ballot, we know of at least two election deniers. Uh, the woman that defeated you in the primary and the uh, uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Chuck Gray running for secretary of state. I assume they did not earn your vote. No, uh, they will not. And uh, I think no one uh, of any party should be voting for people who are election deniers. And I think we have to be clear what it means to be an election denier. It means, in the case, for example, of, of Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham in Arizona, they have both said, we've looked at all of the facts. Uh, we've looked at the results of the election in 2020. We've looked at the law. We've looked at the fact that these the courts all ruled against mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump. We've looked at the audits and the recounts. We are willing to ignore all of that. And we are saying we would not have certified that election. They're telling you that they'll only certify an election they agree with. And that that there's there's not much graver threat to the democracy than you can imagine. That's she just did it herself. Yes. And and this is absolutely no different than what has happened in almost every single other election, certainly dating back to 2020, uh, 2000. I mean, hanging chads. Right. No, 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 that's not legitimate. Or remember Hillary. Hillary's mm-hmm. still saying Trump wasn't the president. Or Stacey Abrams or whatever. Mm-hmm. The side who loses is always going to question it. And I don't think mm-hmm. that it is makes you a right-wing radical to say, how did a guy who hid in his basement, whose rallies he actually had were like six people in giant circles socially distanced, how did that guy get 81 million legal votes and now has an approval rating of seven despite doing everything he said he was going to do to earn those supposed 80 <laughs> One million legal votes. And mm-hmm. if nothing weird was going on, why did the Supreme Court say the way Pennsylvania counted ballots in 2020, they cannot do in 2022? Why did Georgia make mass changes to their election laws? They did it because it was wrong. There are things. The reason this happened is because there was mass in, mass mail-in unaccountable voting. It, it doesn't make you a terrible person to say, that's kind of weird that the guy who falls asleep in interviews got 81 million mm-hmm. legal votes, and it just happened to be where people could just randomly mail their ballot in. Well, to Liz Cheney's dismay, researchers conducting a Harvard-Harris poll asked voters, to identify the most important issue facing the country. Inflation was number one, as you would guess it would be. The January 6th events, 19. Yeah, nobody cares. 19th on the list. And people get so mad when I say this on Twitter, and that's why I keep doing it, because it's true. Nobody cares, and the people who do care had already made up their mind on how they were going to vote. All right, speaking of how you're going to vote. Yeah, we've got uh, Jeff Moore coming up next. Yes, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State. Mm -hmm. That race is heating up, and uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, we're going to talk with him coming up from 93 WIBC. Three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and 
Well, Casey, are you aware that election day is like two weeks away? I've heard something about that. You get to vote this year. (laughs) I know. I get to vote here in Indiana is what you mean. How exciting. I know. And on your ballot at the top of the ticket, well, not quite the top of the ticket, but almost the top of the ticket, it is the most important thing you'll vote on this fall. Indiana Secretary of State race, our good friend Jeff Moore, the Libertarian candidate. How are you? Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Casey. It's good to be with you both. Okay, so my biggest question to you after the debate was, and I heard this from many people, where did you get that tie? It was perfect. <laughs> I love that gold tie. It was awesome. Well, that I, that's very kind of you. I got it at a store like many others. It's probably a local store, and uh, obviously gold is the color of libertarians. We believe in the golden rule, which is treat other people the way we want to be treated. So gold it is. Is that why it's gold? Is that, is that a thing? It's a thing. How much effort you put into what you're going to wear when you go to a statewide televised he debate? He did a fashion show. You bet he did. <laughs> did you did you walk the runway for some people? How much effort did you put into what you're, what you're going to wear? There was some conversation, but probably less than you would think. I, I would like to point out that one of my favorite tweets after the debate yes. was from somebody I don't know. And the, quote, the tweet was, quote, a good friend would tell him about his shoes. <laughs> Well, we didn't see your shoes. Yeah, when did they see your shoes? I, I don't know, and I'm not sure why we're talking about shoes when the fate of our Democratic Republic's before us, but sure. That's, but you we know can what? Talk about that. Were you wearing Birkenstocks or something? I was because not. That, no, they that were, could be important. They were normal shoes. Okay. Boots or some, <laughs> no, some they sort? Were, they were dress shoes. Isn't that wild, though, that like you're up there talking about, hey, I, I'm running for the statewide office. There's one guy who's not even here, doesn't care enough about you to show up. We're, having, we're talking about elections. We're talking about business licensure. We're talking about securities fraud. And this person's like, yeah, your shoes. That's what happens. But that's okay. Everyone gets to vote on what's important to them. Can we talk about the best, single best part about the entire debate? Yeah. Please. What, what was, was your favorite? Was the very, well, it was the 800-pound gorilla comment that Not you did the at the very end of the entire debate. I think it was your closing comment. It was, and I was ready to bring that up when if there was a question about people not showing up or refusing to debate. And so earlier, I had been thinking about what does it mean when somebody refuses to show up, refuses mm-hmm. to participate, refuses to um, sustain the public trust, in fact, to violate it by not participating. And then I started thinking about, well, who else doesn't debate? Yeah. And it was very clear that when we look at these tyrannies, these authoritarian regimes around the world, that they're leaders that their quote candidates refuse to debate because they just silence their opposition and we need to take a lesson from that we need to look and say this is the future of america we are going to devolve into tyranny if we don't hold our elected representatives accountable and the way to hold them accountable is before we elect them if they refuse to answer to us as candidates imagine how awful they will be as incumbents. Uh, Jeff Moore, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, is our guest. So we're talking about Diego Morales not showing up. And I think about this like, I am a split-ticket voter. So I'm voting for you, I'm voting for James, I'm voting for Daniel Elliott in the state treasurer's race, who's a Republican. I pick what I think are the best people for the job, even if there's a Libertarian running. If a Republican's a better person, I will pick that person. How could any person... There are still the Diego defenders out there defending him not showing up to this debate. How could any person say, I'm proud of someone who cares so little about accountability that when they're offered an opportunity to appear on statewide television and explain why they're the best person for the job, they don't show up? That's a good question. And part of why I'm running is just that accountability. I'm so 
frustrated at being ignored and treated like a child by my government. If I call, if I email, I don't get answers. And if you've ever had that frustration, then you and I both know it's time to hold government accountable. That's why one of the reasons why in running, I'm trying to model the behavior that I expect to see from my government. And so on all my campaign cards on my website, you can see there's a phone number. You can call and text me. It will reach the cell phone that I keep in my pocket. That number, once again, is 317-721-6438. And so if you like what you see in a candidate, you might like that person in office. What's the number? That is 317-721-6438. That's a bold move. It's been there this whole time. It's hiding in plain sight. It's not even hiding. Yeah, and that's crazy because you can't get a hold of Diego anywhere, much less like call him directly. There's I have two opponents and one of them has a website where you can't you can only sign up for emails and donate money. You can't communicate with that person and you can't see where that person will be in the future. Not only can you see where I have been, but you can see where I will be. And you could call or text. It's so wild. By the way, Jeff Moore, the libertarian candidate for secretary of state, is our guest. It's so wild because Destiny Wells, on demand abortion advocate, she's a lunatic. But in a weird way, I feel a lot better about her in this race than Diego because she shows up places. She answers questions. You may not like her. You may not like her views. You may think she's a total leftist, as many people do, but at least she's willing to say, here I am. Come at me, brah. That's right. In fact, we had another uh, forum. I, it was more like a debate in the sense that uh, the Indianapolis Rotary Club, thank you very much for hosting us, uh, in fact, hosted us at the uh, Marat Shriners Temple downtown. Oh. And it was well attended in a public um, forum, and it's now online, so you can see the full of it. But uh, you can see where we disagreed um, passionately about a number of different issues. And she continues to accuse me of being a denier or not a pro-democracy candidate, uh, even though I was on stage with her at a town hall when the Democrats said, everybody on stage is a pro democracy candidate. So they've clearly they've changed their opinions on things too. But I'm so focused on audits because that's what will take the oxygen out of the room for deception, for right. disinformation, for conspiracies, for confusion. We need to put sunlight. Sunlight is the best disinfectant and that will give us the clarity. We need an audit to dispel the big lie, so not to perpetuate it. So she is fundamentally mistaken on who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Jeff Moore, Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State in the studio with us. Okay, now you've mentioned that you have been out on location and Destiny Wells, the Democrat who is running in the race, has been there. Have you seen Diego Morales out on the road, out on tour, out at any events? I've met him once and only once. It was briefly. It was uh, at a parade, I think it was in Goshen or at Elkhart, mm-hmm. uh, but either way, uh, the Republic there were something like 120 some odd spots in the parade, and the Libertarian Party came in second to last. The um, the the indentured prisoners of that county were actually behind us, and they cleaned up the parade right after us. So that's how far back we were. But uh, the Republicans had a float that was much further ahead in the parade, so I got to run up, and I saw them. I saw Diego was there, and so I ran up half a block. Uh, and of course, the parade was sort of moving along, but I ran up, shook hands, and introduced myself, and he smiled and sort of turned away and walked off. Uh, but it was pleasant and professional. We didn't exchange much by way of words, but I have met him briefly. You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of people who in the U.S. Senate race, and we talked about this, James didn't do himself a lot of favors during that debate, but who are saying, look, I agree, Todd Young's a total zero and he's been awful, but... Uh, You know, I just can't stand the thoughts of the Democrats getting the U.S. Senate and you guys are right. And uh, but I'm going to have to vote for him because I can't let Schumer be in charge of this country. 
I'm not hearing that in your race. So it seems like, and I, I, look, I'm cautiously optimistic because your race and you getting that 10% is the most important thing that could happen this fall out of any of the races statewide uh, or local races or whatever, that there may be a lot of split ticket voters where people ultimately... They don't feel the fear in the Secretary of State race like they do in the U.S. Senate race. And while I know you want James Siniak, the Libertarian, to do well in the U.S. Senate race, you're not going to decline those votes, I assume. No, I'm not declining any votes. Uh, and so it's important to recognize, I mean, we saw it in the U.S. Senate debate where the Uni Party, the, the Democrats and Republicans, are working together against everyone else and against you and your voice. And you could see how we have an incumbent Republican who has spent the past 12 years spending your money. Yeah. He's spent $11 trillion. That's $11 million million dollars. Uh, that is, that's a lot of money. It's enough to fund, I think, I, I can't remember the math, but um, it's a lot of money. So, well, and, and screw what he spent. That's what he's added to the debt. Correct. <laughs> right. So if you think that our national debt is about 30, $31 trillion and all, that's driving inflation. So all the pain that you feel every time you go to buy something, if a third of that was approved and spent by our incumbent Republican senator, you should remember that when you go to vote. Um, but we saw this in the debate where we saw the incumbent talking about how he's going to go fight for uh, fight against inflation, even though he's just spent this. So for the past 12 years, it's not clear that he knows where he's been or what he's been doing. <laughs> or else, the other choice is he's lying through his teeth about it. And then we saw the Democrat um, coming forward with a contract for women. So we have two parties working together to... St- to force your vote into one of two buckets and to make sure that your voice, the things that you care about, are not actually addressed. Jeff, I want to ask you something that you've been talking about a lot on the campaign trail. And when I was younger and my older sister and brother and I would go to church without mom and dad, we always grabbed the bulletin. It was like proof that we were there. It was like our receipt from God, right? So let's talk about... (laughs) I I like receipts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly where I'm leading. Let's talk about that a little bit more because I've heard some people question, you don't need a receipt. And you say, yeah, no, we do. So, uh, interestingly enough, the Indiana Citizen just did an article and they quoted, they interviewed a number of different people for it. And even the League of Women Voters, who the nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that has hosted these debates, uh, their uh, chairwoman for the state had a comment also towing the Democrat Party line saying, no, we don't need audits. They're too expensive. That sounds awfully familiar. So, audits and receipts go hand in hand. It's proof of a a transaction, it's proof that everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the comment was something along the lines of, well, if we feel that that there is no problem, then we don't need an audit. And this actually feelings came up in the Rotary, uh, Indianapolis Rotary um, Forum. And we, it's wonderful to have a chief feelings officer, but what we really need <laughs> is a chief elections officer. We need to look at facts. And I'm ready to present the arguments around the facts to show why we need an audit. And if you can see that differently, then please, let's discuss it. I'm open to learning. But we need to live in a world of facts. And the facts are, we have no idea what happened in 2020. We just can't prove it. You can't show me your vote. And until we're able to do that, we're only going to get more and more dangerous a result, a cocktail of suspicion and doubt and conspiracy. And we got lucky with January 6th. And what he, happens next time, we don't know. Well, and before I let you go, Jeff Moore, Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, has been our guest today. 
your your vote, a vote for you, a vote in this race is the ultimate. My vote will not be wasted because even if you don't win, simply getting 10%, like if you are a person who has hated what Holcomb and the Republicans have done to this state, not just the last two and a half years, but the last five years, really, if you feel you've been lied to, you've been misled, the tax increases, the record spending, the lockdowns, the mask mandates, the meeting with Malik Mohammed, whatever it is, the 10% for you is the best way for years and years and years going forward forward to hold Republicans accountable. All you got to get is 10% and the libertarians get primary ballot access. And that's a game changer going forward on holding Republicans accountable. That's very much a game changer. So if you're frustrated with the uniparty, the duopoly, the two-party system working against you and never fully representing you, imagine what it'll be like. Imagine that as a two-legged stool writing itself onto a third leg. That center of power will shift and rebalance, and a third party will finally be able to hold both parties, all parties, accountable, including libertarians. So 10% is key. And I was just out at uh, in Franklin, Indiana, this past weekend at the Johnson County Fall Festival, and I met another one of your listeners there, uh, Nick Green of oh, Franklin. Okay. So big fan of yours, Rob. And There's was, one. That's th- good. <laughs> it was, he was the one who self-identified. But, <laughs> but it was a great weekend. Weekend, and you could hear how people li- listen and react. This is these are our neighbors. These are our friends. This is us. It was never they the people. It's always been we the people, and we the people have a moment here to say enough is enough. There's a quote attributed to Thomas Jefferson that says, "If." You want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. So I'm asking you, go out there, text everybody on your phone, talk to your neighbors, talk to your colleagues, say, I'm voting for this person, it's important to me to support this person, this candidate, this issue. Please consider, please go, do your homework, and consider voting for this person as well. We have to do something we've never done before in order to get something we've never had before. All right, real quick, in case people have been wowed by your charm and charisma and generally wonderful dress at the debate, yet you got a website or a Facebook page or whatever where they can learn more about you. For that and all my fashion tips, please visit morerforindiana.com. That's M A U R E R F O R indiana.com. And you can also call and text at 317-721-6438. Jeff Moore, the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State. Thank you, my friend. Good to be with you. Thank you. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. 1151 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer's joining us in the studio. And you wanted to hear a repeat of a call that we played earlier today. Here it is. that community meeting that was supposed to present a lot of the Pike Township people that were running, but also Mears was there, Cindy was there. Andre Carson did not show, of course. Angela was there. Um, Several good people showed up to take questions and whatnot. But Ryan was the most rudest man I have ever seen, and I could not approach him. He didn't want me to. And secondly, he stood up there and lied and lied and lied about the crime in Indianapolis. He okay, lied yeah, about you the can downtown kind of go ahead and stop criminals. It right he there. lied. The part that, that really caught my attention was yeah. about how rude this guy was. Ryan Mears. Correct. The current prosecutor who's on the ballot uh, coming up here in Marion County. Th- this lady went to a forum in Pike Township. I think Abdul was the, actually like the host or the moderator or whatever. And she's talking about her interaction with Ryan Mears, Marion County prosecutor, at this forum. Right. And this goes along with something we talked about last week. And it's so refreshing to hear another voice say this because, you know, when I say it, oh, Hammer, you just don't like Ryan Mears. You don't like this or that, blah, blah. This is somebody who 
you know, is not me. I have no idea who this woman is. She went out to this forum because she wanted to make a better decision in the election. And this is how this guy treats her. Now, last week, we had one of the uh, fathers on of a FedEx victim, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Blackwell. His daughter, Samaria, was killed in the FedEx shooting, which should have never happened because Ryan Mears botched the red flag case in that situation. And one of the things that really just blew my mind in that conversation, and again, I know there are bigger parts to it for sure, but how rude Ryan Mears was to these parents, to these family members who had loved ones killed in that FedEx facility over on the west side. How cold, how distant, and the fact that he didn't want to even reach out to these people. Now keep in mind, Republicans and Democrats both reached out to these family members. This was a national story. The Biden White House reached out, Republican senators, Democratic senators, local and national. Everybody reached out except for the one loser who actually could have had a hand in trying to prevent this thing. Guilty conscience. Have you seen his TV ad or his video ad? I see it before a lot of YouTube things scroll. I usually ignore all political ads at this point. Really? Everyone? Pretty much. Uh, You ever had a political ad make a difference? Okay, this is a great question. Has a political ad for both of you ever inspired your vote, like uh, like an individual political ad? I don't live in Georgia, but had I been on the fence and I would have seen the uh, 2018 Brian Kemp, I got a big truck ad, I would have been all in. Mm -hmm. How about you, Casey? Not really changed my mind, but it has solidified my opinion on things. Yeah. Usually by the time campaign ads roll Mm -hmm. around, like... Dudes like me and you and Casey, we're not normal, right? We study this stuff. <laughs> hey, we you said a mouthful there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we under, we're probably knowing who we're going to vote for, mm-hmm. even if there aren't any commercials. So at that point, the commercial doesn't really phase me. You uh, were joining us in the last segment today, not your normal segment, because you had one of the great uh, travesties of life happen to you today. You forgot your <laughs> wallet and didn't realize until you were at work. Oh, my God. Now, understand that my <laughs> key card to get in the building and the garage is in my wallet. <laughs> so I'm approaching Illinois Street. I get past the arts garden. So I'm reaching back there for my wallet. Okay, maybe it's in my cup holder. No, no, that I put it in my front pocket. And at that point, so frustrating. I realized I have to go back home. Yeah. Because I can't park. I can't get in our elevators. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything in this building without it. To quote Jim Mora, that sucked. <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? Hey, it's Monday, gun day. Guy Relford will join us in studio. Kevin Bowen will have some post-mortem of that Colts game and the biggest stories of the day. All right, thanks, Hammer. And thank you, Rob. And good job, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.